Welcome back to Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs, where we discuss all of the P's of pelvic health. Peeing, pooping, pleasure, pain, physical activity, and here's a new one, personal development. I am your host, Dr. Jocelyn Conley, pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of The Vagina Doc. And in today's episode, I am super excited to introduce you to Janet Havanga. Janet is a intuitive nutrition coach and yogi. I met her coming up on a year ago when we started working out of the same building and she's wonderful. In today's episode, we talk about emotions and eating. We talk about looking at different ingredients and how they affect our hormone systems and then also bringing attention to other products that you're using not just food that can impact your overall weight and just health in general. With this episode and every other episode, keep in mind our disclaimer. The information used or talked about in this podcast should be used for information and educational purposes only and not in substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So let's get on to today's show. Hi, Janet. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been wanting to get you on Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs for since I met you, since we were at the grand opening at our, our, <laughs> our workplace. Yeah. Why don't we start out by uh, you just telling us, introducing yourself, telling us what you do, and from there, if you want to dive right into how you got into doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I help mostly women, also some men, heal their relationship with food, heal their relationship with themselves, and really heal the relationship with the world around them. So um, basically just helping people connect to... Um, you know, what they're consuming and what they're eating and how that reflects out into the world around so that they can live the life that they want of confidence and stress-free living. Um, that thing that we're all trying to strive for. <laughs> how do you do that? Are you seeing people in person? Are you seeing people virtually? And what do you call yourself? Oh, I do. What do I call myself? We, we're going to hang up on that one. Um, Besides no a, su a superhero. <laughs> superhero. Um, so really I do a lot of connecting through it's just one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's in person. Um, I help people all over the world. So a lot of um, interaction through Zoom, um, a lot of journaling really, and just kind of scratching at the surface and allowing people to deep dive for themselves. So Mostly connection calls one-on-one, -on -one, um, a couple of groups, um, and a lot of yoga. A lot of yoga. Can't leave that one out. What does, okay, I'm, define yoga for us. Define yoga. Yoga is infinitely defined. Um, yoga, gosh, I guess it depends on what you're looking for out of yoga and what your purpose for doing yoga would be. For me, Yoga brought a sense of connection um, to people, connection to 
the environment, the world, um, and it brought a connection to myself. I was really able to reconnect to who I am um, on a deeper level than a job, um, you know, and human responsibilities, but really what that means to breathe. Um, it's known in the Western world for helping our bodies reestablish and become stronger, both, you know, physically and emotionally. Um, and gives us that little bit of shield to help resistance with all the things. So instead of reacting when something happens, we can respond. Um, and so that's a really big broad umbrella answer to what yoga is, but that's what it means to me. I think we all might answer that question slightly different. I love that definition. And as much as I would have disagreed for that applying to me, maybe three months ago, I totally resonate with that definition, but that's a perfect segue of getting into your story. How did you get into doing what you're doing with your yoga practice? You didn't mention that you teach yoga classes, which I do teach her, yoga classes. her classes are amazing, <laughs> but then also with how you help people from a relationship with food and the world and themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my story begins about 12 years ago or so. Um, I was roughly 200 and some pounds, um, kind of just doing the everyday get up, be miserable, trying to figure out what to wear for work, you know, stop at the gas station, grab the donuts, get to work, do the job ish, <laughs> just to get through to get the paycheck. Like I was just in that constant habit, that cycle, right? Um, and I was going through a lot of things in my relationships. Um, and I got to a point where I had looked in the mirror and I was like, what if, what if I could unzip this and step out? Like, what would my life, like, what would be different? You know, I saw all these other people who looked happier than I did and X, Y, Z, right? So I started a weight loss journey with a cure, with a question, not a goal. I didn't want to lose 30 pounds or anything like that. And I did it. I did. I hit my target. I, I lost the weight that I wanted to lose. I felt amazing for a minute. Um, but after it kind of started, I, I ran a marathon. So when I finished that marathon, I was like, all right, I've got the body. I've got the things right. Let's do this. But something was really missing. And I noticed that when the weight started coming back on and when the habits weren't really so you know, you can only eat so much chicken and broccoli in life. And that was like kind of over it at that point. I hit my goal. Now what? Um, I had a really awesome opportunity to move to the other side of the world. And life picked me up and dropped me off in Cape Town, South Africa. And I had to, I didn't have anything to really do. I didn't have responsibilities. It sounds like a book out of paradise. But what happened is all of my demons snuck up. And I was more miserable in paradise than I had ever been, you know, keeping myself busy and occupied in my real life or in my past life or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I found yoga. It was by accident. I didn't really enjoy stretching, but I loved running. So I jumped into a yoga class and I joke around that I drank the Kool-Aid at that point because in that class, um, I created a space that I could just breathe. There was no competition. There was nothing that I had to do or be or anything. It was just tuning out life and tuning in, you know, whether it was the teacher's words, whether it was the music, whatever, I could just be present in that moment. Um, and that was my missing piece. So from there, I 
really dove in. I started teaching right away. Um, I did my teacher training and I really just got into it. I made it my life, my world. And the more I got into it, the easier life became. Nothing had changed, right? But I had developed a relationship better with myself. Um, and from there, I started doing bikini competitions because I healed the one part of my self-relationship. I was no longer beating myself up to lose weight or get in shape. I was cheering myself on, if you will. And I was connecting with my body and it responded incredibly. And I was started competing in bikini competitions and doing really, really well. Um, so when it came back, long story short, I'll, I'll, but when I started coming back, I needed to come back to the States. I realized that I couldn't go back to the life that I was because this is a really hard habit to have. And I knew that if I didn't make this my career and this my sole focus, I would so easily slip back to the, my old ways because that's what we do. That's what we're designed to do is find our comfort. And so I decided to not only share my story, but encourage other people to take this really big, scary risk and jump into themselves and their story and find their potential as well. So that was kind of, my story into creating what I have created now. <laughs> wow. So have you ever heard of the, the person, or I don't know if it's a business, the guy would call himself go from fat to fit to fat. And <laughs> have you heard of that guy? <laughs> I, I haven't. I'm so, <laughs> but I hear That's it. Okay. It makes yeah. sense. I get it. Yeah. Even though, so I'm before we got on this call and, but like between the time I was preparing and we got on, I was, I'm right finishing or I'm writing my book. And one of the senses I said was you might be put off to know that I'm not a mom, but, uh, or you might, or you might be surprised to know that I'm not a mom and I'm writing to moms put off. Even a lot of the people share with me that they are, uh, they they are like, I didn't really want to work with you because you're not a mom. You have no idea. And then I, I threw in a Brene Brown quote in there, like empathy is not connecting with the experience. It's connecting with the emotions that are part of the experience. So you don't have to get your leg cut off to connect with someone that has an amputation, essentially. Okay. I will say though, like I am much more inclined to take a class with someone that who or or see a provider that has gone there in mm. some way it doesn't have to be with me sure but every time I talk to you Janet and I know our stories are different I feel so connected with you because you are you could sit with someone no matter what they bring and that's so powerful so oh, it's it's you. helpful that you do work with people from a food standpoint, yeah. but you don't just do the food. I think that's no. such a small part of what you actually do. Yes. So tell me and tell the listeners, like, what is, what's it, what are a lot, what are things that people bring to the table that yeah. really has brought you meaning and joy to the work that you are in? Yeah, and I love how you connected that to also like working with moms and not being a mom because what we connect to is an idea, what we think we connect to is an idea of something, but what we actually connect to is an emotion to something. I was having a conversation with somebody just the other day and she says, I don't understand. My husband can just eat salads and he does his thing, 
but I can't do that. And I helped her understand that, you know, it's not about the salad. It's not about the food. It's about how you feel and the, the emotion. Are you feeling that you are restricting yourself because you happen to be eating a salad? Are you choosing that this is a nourishing meal for you? And the emotion behind that is actually the catalyst and what's choosing the food that we have, right? Um, do we feel like we're missing a piece in life? Do you come home and you know your dog's tail is wagging and your kids are jumping up and down and your husband's giving you a hug? Or do you come home and go, wow, it's cold in here. The TV's you know, blaring and no one's paying attention to me. Like what is the emotion, the catalyst that drives the decision that you make? Um, and what my favorite part is, and, and I say this gently because it's not always everyone's favorite part, is just listening to what people have to say when it comes to their point of view in the world around them, right? Because we all have an emotional drive on what we have or we don't have or can't or can't get and, and we connect to this on an emotional level. And by understanding the words that people use, we can start listening to how they feel a word is just a word, right? Until we put an emotion behind it. And if we change that word, our stories change because the emotion goes away. Um, simply between sleep and rest, right? If people can't sleep, maybe they can rest really well because there's not an emotion of like having to get sleep behind that. So little things like that is kind of um, picking apart people's stories, if you will, in a very like blunt way to say it. <laughs> and giving them an opportunity to rewrite it without the emotion that they've connected with. I don't know if that answers your question. That went really oh, deep, really quickly. <laughs> absolutely. But let me break, let me see if I'm interpreting this right. And I'm going to use yeah. my own example. Yes. So you guys, I saw Janet, not that, I mean, actually it was a little bit long ago. When did I come to your office? So we work in the same building. And yes. so I'm like skedaddling over to Janet and, um, I share with her how, how long ago was that? Um, I'm wondering which story you want to reference before I. <laughs> the, the, the peanut butter and the chocolate chips. The peanut, um, you know what? That was maybe two months ago. It was before, it was before Christmas though, for sure. You're right. Yeah. Maybe around Halloween, maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Time goes so fast. So I go to right. Janet and I'm like, Janet, here I go home. So this, at this time in my life, I was like, my, my being and my energy was scattered all over the place. And I would wake up at 4am. I'd go to, or I'd wake up at 430. I'd go to CrossFit at five. I would barely get myself ready. I would just pour myself into work that ultimately I wasn't happy with. So I didn't, I'm redoing it now. And then I would go to work from 10 to six or seven. I'd come home. I would walk my dogs, walk my dog while I'd walk my dog. I would be working and then I'd get home and I'd start working. And then I would go to the, my cabinet, literally probably, I, I would say at least, at least a half a cup of chocolate chips pour it in a bowl, bathe it in peanut butter and eat myself to sickness. So I couldn't work. I was either like sick to my stomach or I was mentally like exhausted from how I was doing that to myself. And 
one of my patients had said, had, had brought that to my attention of made me aware of it, I guess. And then I (laughs) shared this experience with Janet and then you told me, I forget what you shared with me. It's it. I felt it. And you're like, you, and all in all guys, I'm a good eater. <laughs> like let's let, I don't want to come off. Like I'm this bad eater. I eat really well. I eat pretty much whole foods except for sweets. Like I am a savage. I could take a box of donuts and eat it. No problem. <laughs> and then, so it was just this chocolate chip things. And what did you tell me? Oh gosh, I don't remember what I said an hour ago, but it has a lot to do with the, the feeling around eating the chocolate chips. Like are the chocolate chips really a problem? Like, is it really a big deal that you were eating half a cup, a quarter cup of chocolate chips, or is it somewhere that, you know, you feel about yourself after you eat it? Is that the problem? Right. And, and where's that, how does that connection happen? Right. you gaining a few pounds or being unhealthy because of a few chocolate chips is not really the problem, but the shame and guilt that goes around it and that, you know, the mental defeatingness of that, that's where we get stuck. And that's where our body starts working on this. Oh my gosh, what have I done? And then it goes into protection mode and that's where the stuff starts packing on. So, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm disseminating what you said before I got into the story. And so here, here's the difference. Now I, when I approach after work, like I get home from work or even in the morning and this is, so while I was going through it, I realized that the emotion surrounding the eating was something around not enough, or I was trying to fill something. Mm-hmm. besides like shut myself down, I was trying to fill something. And now I have completely changed the story around needing more or needing to be something, if that makes any sense. So now 100%. I've replaced that with a much healthier habit. And I mean, this is how I got into meditation and, and into yoga yeah. Because yeah, I, I don't have a, a family. Now I have a roommate who is wonderful. So I'm not completely alone all the time before and after work. Uh, but I was able to, you helped me, you ignited that flame of, of just being mm. and not, you it's so much deeper than what you say. <laughs> so I get how it's hard to describe what you do, but it, yeah. it's truly amazing. It changed the emotion around how I approach food. And you brought to my attention some of the things that I was putting into my body. Cause I mentioned to you, I wanted to nurture my body. And here I was, <laughs> give me that bag of Cheetos. <laughs> that was the story I was wondering if we were going with as you come into my office and eat the bag of Cheetos that I had to demonstrate what was in the ingredients. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I now, story. yes, let's talk about that. So I go in, I'm all, I, I'm on Wednesdays. We'll just like find my way into Janet's room when I get a, a, a minute and we have a conversation of some, something around food here. I am like, I'm not even hungry, but I'm starving. Yeah. And 
notice I said, I'm not hungry, but I'm starving. I'm, this was before my spiritual awakening, but <laughs> let's talk about here. I'm just looking to put stuff into my body eat mm-hmm. after I said, I want to nurture my body. And you showed me those ingredients. Let's talk about that next. What's what, what is in some of the foods that we start to emote with, I guess, like comfort yeah. food? Yeah. So I think ingredients are important, right? Like we should always know what we are nourishing and what we're putting into our body. And I think that's where this really comes full circle, because if we are just grabbing and reaching, we're not being present. We're not being present with ourselves and what we're feeding ourselves, right? Imagine your child, right, is picking and grabbing and reaching and you just blindlessly grab something and hand it to them. Little did you know, it happened to be a can of silly putty, right? So that's what we're actually doing to ourselves is we're reaching for these easy fillers and um, chemicals and processes and our bodies aren't getting that like change the situation, the kid's still grabbing and reaching. You grab an apple, you turn around, you take a bite and you hand it to him, right? Like my mom used to do that every time I eat an apple, I think of her like taking the bite and like giving me the bite. That sounds like a very strange story that just literally popped into my head. But same thing, the child doesn't need as much because you're giving him your attention, you're giving him your love and your, you know, your connection. And our bodies, I love explaining that our bodies are like children. They don't actually know for themselves. They only know what we tell them. They're very adaptable in that way. So if we take the time, right, and be present with the food that we're eating, then our body can be calm and relaxed and we don't need as much. We're getting nourishment, we're getting nutrients rather than just filling an empty stomach. And so, um, that's kind of what brings all of this big circle. And I love that you said you were spiritual awakening because um, I was listening to a book recently and the line literally said, I had to stop what I was doing. Like I almost screamed in the middle of my walking with my dog. It was like this, yes, right? When you awaken to your food, you awaken to your life, right? Once we're present with what we're nourishing, then we're present with all the other things around us. And that's where our peace comes from. And that's where our happiness and our joy lives so yes we were talking about ingredients in food i was showing you my little cheat box that i have in and i you know i used to take people shopping but with the change of times and things like that it's difficult to so i have a few random items that i keep in my office just to go through ingredients and learn how to read labels what to eat what not to eat not not let me rephrase that what's healthy what's important what our body nourishes on and what it doesn't i don't like the to eat to not to eat i can't (laughs) <laughs> didn't mean yeah. to vomit that one out. <laughs> I like that you are so picky about that verbiage because it's important. Oh, it's so important. Like it's, yeah, that's, that's one of my foundations, right? So what serves us and what doesn't serve us in our goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were going through some of those things and I happened to have hot Cheetos in that box showing how much red dye was in there. And before I knew it, the package was open. It's actually still in the box empty. (laughs) And every time I show it to somebody, I tell them that you enjoyed. (laughs) But again, it's not about like, so what? Our bodies are resilient, you know? And we'll get a lot of people that kick back and say, but we're designed to detox. Like that's what we're built in all the time, which is awesome and 100% true. 
based on your lifestyle, right? If you have a hectic lifestyle, your body never stops detoxing. And so adding on extra pieces to it is going to put it into overdrive and ultimately burn out. But if your lifestyle is that of a surfer where you hang out and watch the waves crash and the sun set, then eat the hot Cheetos. You know what I mean? Because your body doesn't have anything else to battle. So it's not about picking your chemicals. It's about picking your battles, if you will. That's such a amazing way to put it. I have the chills on so many things <laughs> that you just said. Wow. Because yeah, I mean, think if you're listening to this, just think about your lifestyle. If you're most of you are moms that don't have even that many seconds to breathe. Right. But there is something to it. And this is this, I, I don't know if it was the food or if it was the meditation and the yoga or all of it, <laughs> all of it, my friend, Probably awakening all is awakening. <laughs> um, there was something so special and s- in when I went to whole foods to start, I just, I cut chocolate cold Turkey with no problem. Um, eight days ago. And when I went, and I think part of that was choosing food that serves me, not because Mm. it's not chocolate, but like seeing value of buying something that isn't 99 cents. Yeah. And me doing that has seriously like, yeah, it's an investment up front, but things just have fallen into place. Mm, and yeah. so thinking about it, at least for me, it's not about the good food or the bad food. What's going to serve me and mm-hmm. what's the real thing behind it. And that for me, it was worthiness. Wow. I had such a negative relationship with, with money and that goes really deep. So mm. now that is, it all started with you, with you, Janet. So I remember that conversation. We were talking about the chocolate chips. We were talking about doing a different peanut butter, right? And like adding one that's just peanuts rather than the peanut butter that has the reduced fat, which always makes me laugh because that's what peanuts are, fat. (laughs) But, you know, just the chemicals that we're eating and the food might like eat the chocolate chips and peanut butter, but grab cleaner ingredients, you know, that exists. Um, And I remember you actually had said to me about how expensive a cleaner peanut butter was. And I was looking at you with a doctor title and also money mindset, right? We all kind of have our thing that we work through. And, you know, it's this journey equals all of it, right? It's not like a food journey. It's not a money journey. It's not a, what else do people struggle with? All the things, (laughs) so many of them, I can't think of, you know, but not one, it's not a single avenue, right? It's, it's called life as a whole. And when you start doing one, you can see how that works into other places as well, whether whatever your journey, whether it's weight loss or muscle build, right? And and whether it's peacefulness and chaoticness, whatever it is that you're going through is, is very similar to all the other avenues. Absolutely. It, I feel like you and I are so similar, except in different disciplines in healthcare and and wellness. Yeah. And I say the same thing, but in a different way when it comes to fitness rehab with my patients and clients that I work with. And it really is 
it's when it comes down to it, it's that. Yeah. Now, one thing I also remember, and I want to touch on, because a lot of people that are listening that, to this are probably in the, a similar boat to where I w- was and still I'm, it's, a, it's constant work in the beginning, especially, but mm. I have a, I had a really hard time just being still. And so you had gone through, and I hear you doing this when you're teaching a yoga class, whether it's yin or slow flow, uh, the tuning into what's going on into your, in, in, in your body. So use an example of like a flashlight. So if people are struggling to stay in stillness with their physical being versus in their head, yeah. how do you help them get in, get connected? Sure. Um, that's a, that's a great question. And we're not, you know, we, we often beat ourselves up because I can't meditate. I can't sit still. And then there's that realm sitting over like what we're supposed to be doing. Right. And so just to be totally like clear, there's not one way or another, there's your way, the one that works best for you. And common misconception about meditation is not thinking about anything, clear your mind, right? Let it go. And there's all these catchphrases that we hear in, you know, like Instagram and social media and marketing everywhere. And we're like, gosh, I can't clear my mind. I'm not doing something wrong. And now we have this like frustration and we quit. But really when it comes down to it, the best thing that you can do, your mind is designed to think. That is your safety mechanism. That's its job, right? And for us to shut that off, it's resisting. And that's perfect. Like that's supposed to happen. (laughs) That's not wrong, right? But giving it something to focus on rather than the grocery list, the kids, the moving, the this, that, the to-do list, the to-done list, the I forgot list, right? This is what that monkey mind, if you will, happens. And that's where the busyness, that's where the anxiousness comes in. We're living so far in the future. Instead, listening to learning to watch your breath um, is a really powerful tool to start. And, and it's a millisecond, right? Like I inhaled, oh my gosh, I have to do all these things. And then I exhaled, right? And it's that pause in between that we're looking for. And every time we notice that the brain wandered, when you catch it, that's the work, that's the rep, right? That's the push. It's not the being in stillness, that's the work. That's the water break, if you will. The work has been done, you're there. The work is catching your mind once it runs, right? And bringing it back. So the more reps you do, the stronger you get. If we're talking fitness and working out, the more times you catch your brain wandering, the stronger you're getting in your presence. And so if you can switch the mindset from what you think you should be doing into what's working well for you, right? And just paying attention to your breath. I love to pick a color. That's my easiest favorite way because giving it something really bright and shiny. I even have swirls and sparkles. Think of like (laughs) Disney-ness. Picking a color and just watching that. So as I breathe in, I imagine my body's filling with that sparkling and that beautiful color. And then as I breathe out, the, my body's empty of color. And doing that once or twice a day is a powerful tool, right? You don't have to have like the dim lights and the candle and the mat and the ohm. Like, don't worry, just listen to your breath two, three times a day and start watching that become your workout for your mind is really what you're doing. You're making your brain do, pump, do push-ups. You know how much we all love push-ups. <laughs> 
Brain push-ups. Brain push-ups. You got it. I absolutely love the way you put that. And I am now going to use that. Good. Thank you. Absolutely. It's such a good way to put it of it's, you're not shutting your brain off. You're just giving it something, a focal point or yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the breath that has been a game changer in my life in my patient's life. So, and it seems like something that is reasonable versus completely shutting off your brain. Yes. I hear a lot of times people um, talk about how, you know, they go on this wild vacation, they get to shut all the things down, but I can't because I have bills and I can't do, you know, so-and-so did this and they just shut it all down for weeks on end. Great practice, awesome opportunity, but let's be real. We have jobs, we have lives, we have responsibilities, and we have to keep that wheel turning, right? And it is not realistic to ship off and go into silent meditation for three weeks at a time. But just paying attention to your breath is all you actually need to find that yin and yang balance, that peace and that calm. It's actually our parasympathetic nervous system saying, thank you for paying attention that I'm still here and shutting down our fight and flight response every so often, if just you know little bits at a time and finding that balance. Just, yeah, even a little bit ha- can make such a big difference in, yeah. in a person's life. I want to go back to the ingredients because yeah. some of the conversations that we've had in the past have been about hormones. Mm-hmm. So what is the problem? And we see women that have, they come in and their driver, a lot of their drivers can be, at least in my, my practice, <laughs> pelvic pain or other issues around bladder and gynecological health. Yeah. Our hormone, there's a hormonal component, whether it's the, the main thing or part of it. Yeah. And we had a discussion about these ingredients. Can you, can you share your thoughts about that? Yes, absolutely. So we often forget, <laughs> she's trying to make herself comfortable. We often forget, um, <laughs> um, the world, like what we consume is not just food, right? And there are lots of things in our food that is, yes, USDA approved, but the quantities and again, the the lifestyle that we have doesn't take into account that specific ingredients results to our body. So we, um, there's a lot of stuff around that is hormone blocking, right? Playing with estrogen. There's uh, the plastics, for example, just the plastics that we use can take on the same DNA, the same format as estrogen and our body responds to it, but it's actually plastic. So there's lots of things that really mess with our hormones. Um, Our gut is has a lining that you know keeps the external world from getting in and that communication our gut is our first defense <clears throat> so if we're not giving it stuff to make it heal properly it's speaking to our brain and our brain is causing our thoughts and our emotions right so the chemicals that we bring in um the silicon dioxide i think i might be saying that wrong because i'm not good at pronouncing things <laughs> but it's um a an ingredient in most spray and cooks like Pam, the stuff that you spray on the thing. And it's, it's in parentheses called an anti-foaming agent. Um, McDonald's uses it in their oils. Most fast foods also use it in their oils. The stuff that we're eating that's being cooked with 
and it's silicate, it's silicone. Um, red dyes, a lot of synthetics, all synthetics, I should say, are petroleum-based products. So we're actually consuming petroleum and silly putty and, you know, these chemicals that our bodies don't recognize and they're tricking. They take on proteins, they take on shapes and our body thinks it's okay. It's letting them in and gosh, that just can't be good. Like we could get super technical, <laughs> but at the end of the day, and what happens is our hormone release process is getting very confused and we end up um, with complete imbalances, whether it be, you know, estrogen, progesterone, um, even like our serotonin levels are lowered because our body's trying to fight off these things. Um, and, you know, we don't, we're not paying attention to it. So yeah, there's a lot of hormone issues when it comes to the foods that we eat and what's actually included in the pesticides, um, you know, that are killing all of the little bugs that live inside us that actually help us stay healthy. So yeah, super important to know where your food comes from and what's in your food and not on an obsessive compulsive level, right? Because that creates stress, right? Simple knowledge. It's just knowing and choosing, having that being present in what you're feeding yourself, giving the power to, to know. Yeah. That last, one of the last pieces you mentioned of not being obsessed about it is really important because that can start a whole nother cascade of things. That happened to me. I got to the point where I was like, not knowing what to like, it had to be the cleanest, best, most, like I am not eating garbage food and coming from international where food is held at a different standard, a lot closer farm to table than it is here in the States, I had a really hard time adapting back to it. And I ended up just eating M&Ms and Doritos because I was like, well, at least I know it's garbage. Like I kind of just, I got to the point I wouldn't eat anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fine, all that it was. Yeah. So that's a whole nother game, right? Like that's a whole nother mindset and not getting into it. You recently posted something on Facebook about what's in your, was it hair products or skin products, right? Um, yes. What's in your products for sure. I happened to check my toothpaste just to see how that paralleled, uh, but yeah. Not that I'm asking what are the specific ingredients, but how does that relate to weight? Oh, it's, it's big. Um, so if we're talking about hormone blocking, right, we're talking about, um, thyroid conditions, right? Gut and thyroid are hand in hand work to well, well together. And if our thyroid isn't working, our metabolism's not working. And if our metabolism's not working, then we're not burning the fuel that we would normally. And we're slowly going to start adding on weight, right? Our body's protecting itself. It's not burning it off. Um, and so if we're talking about these products, petroleum-based products, um, chemicals and pesticides and fillers, that our body's not recognizing, it's going to slowly pick away at that. So especially if you are, um, you know, living with Hashimoto's or hyperthyroidism or all any of these, um, um, the big word just fell out of my head that happens often, but any of these, you know, things part of your life, knowing what your products you're using, right? If you're putting stuff on your skin, our skin is the biggest organ that we have and it absorbs in, yet it's the one that we sunscreen here in the desert. Oh my gosh. Don't even breathe. Okay. One step at a time. Zinc oxide. (laughs) What about zinc oxide? How's that? Even though it's like a thousand dollars. 
So you're probably, yeah, sunscreen's not the biggest top. It's it's my next dive into because it is a very big, not only for our skin, but also our environments and our oceans, Gosh. right? Because we wash yeah. it off and it goes into the sea. So hundred percent, just being conscious. And there's, and again, there's not, doesn't mean go throw everything out, right? It just means when you shop next, look, become aware, just acknowledge, right? Maybe do a little research, reach out, reach out ask some questions. Um, look for synthetics. That's really what it comes to. If it's scented, leave it. If it's dyed, leave it. Those are like the biggest two that will ultimately level up, right? Use some natural yeah. uh, essential oils or, or make it yourself cheaper so what, as well. What, does that mean can't, let's talk candles. What's oh, the deal? Candles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gosh. Had I known years ago how, like I had PCOS, I have recovered from PCOS, but PCOS was a massive part of my life for a long time, trying to get pregnant, the whole thing, um, weight gain, all of it, right. Emotional, the whole thing. <clears throat> and little did I know I was working at Bed Bath & Beyond quite often. Um, I don't know if you've ever walked into that store, but there's like is the smell to it, right? Um, but yeah, the synthetics in candles, the stuff that the plugins, the spray, like the air fresheners, all of these things are basically disrupting our hormones um, and causing weight gain, causing depression, causing anxiety, because ultimately affecting our brain processes as well. So I like to think if it doesn't come from nature, we don't need it. Nature provides everything that we need and nothing that we don't. So that's kind of my rule of thumb when it comes to like what I surround myself in and what I consume, whether it's, you know, through food or in my environment. Um, nature always knows best. As hippie as that sounds, it's a good rule of thumb to follow. Yeah. It's pretty easy too. like grab some flowers, real flowers instead of candles. Yeah. Okay. Smell sure. good. And oranges. I wear like oranges, the peels of oranges are like, and keeping lemons around also helps clean the air and boost Ooh. your mood. So fruits, vegetables, the stuff that we kind of already have and here in the desert right now with all the oranges and lemon trees and how easy it's just like grab one on your walk, come home, cut it and leave it on your table. Right. Well, that's like, such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask so, your neighbor first. Yeah. Well, there I have a neighbor that is their fruits are just spilling onto the road. I'm just going to start picking them off. Awesome. Uh, how, uh, let's talk about who, who's your favorite person or what's your favorite, <laughs> what can someone bring to the table that just lights your soul on fire? Any conversations about this really, um, there's so there's so much knowledge out there that for one reason or another is just not super accessible. Um, and sharing my own experiences, making my own experiences, right? Like I'm in the moment now of like laundry detergent. Do I make my own? Do I go through that? Do I continue to look for clean leg? So just kind of being present and constantly keeping that muscle, doing push-ups, right? And coming back. Um, anything that's natural and earth related to which is deep in that connection because we the biggest mistake mankind makes is feeling like we're separate and we're different and we're no different you know we are 64 percent. this is my favorite statistic same dna as a banana 
we are more than half bananas. We're all nuts. <laughs> wow. We're just ordered differently. And so anytime you feel like kind of down, feeling left out in that, you know, realm of worthiness, right? Just remembering that the tree outside, the fruit on our plate, everything is so connected and we're never actually alone. I don't I love have a that. favorite person. <laughs> okay. My husband, my husband is my favorite person. <laughs> if someone wanted to work with you, how do they go about it? Um, the easiest and best thing to do is find me on Facebook, connect with me on Facebook. I have uh, an amazing group. Um, I actually had to write it down because I <laughs> changed the name recently and I didn't want to forget, but it's called holistic nutrition habits for achieving a stress-free and thriving life. Um, So if you find me on Facebook, connect on Facebook, um, I can invite you into the group if you can't find his long name. Um, And just hanging out there, right, and just getting to know what it is, um, reach out through there, that would be the easiest and best. Um, That's where I spend my time connecting and creating my value um, as through my social media platform on Facebook. Awesome. So they add you on Facebook and then you'll add them to the group. Yeah. Um, I have a free cookbook, a lot of freebies in there, um, and lots of stuff in there as well. So finding me on Facebook or finding the group on Facebook and and jumping in. Okay. Awesome. So I will put that information in the show notes for people to access anything else you have coming up or going on that the audience should know about. Yeah, so I uh, run a 21-day yoga challenge, and basically it takes all that we've talked about now, wrapped it in a package, and um, dropped to your email for 21 consecutive days. So talking about becoming aware of what you're eating, becoming aware of how you feel what you're eating, becoming aware of the thoughts that you're having, yoga practices as well delivered to your email so you can do them at your time with or without crawling around kids, you know, just in your own space um, and connecting to our bodies. And what does it feel like? Where does anxiety live? Where does stress live? And how do we connect to our bodies on a physical level? Um, So it's a three-step process that goes over three weeks. Um, And so I run that often. And that's um, an offering that I have for people who want to kind of scratch the surface, but aren't really ready to um, roll up their sleeves 100% and dive in fully. Awesome. I will uh, make that link to access or to learn more about that also in the show notes. That sounds like, I feel like I need to do it. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Janet, thank you so much for coming on today and even more, not even just today, but like, thank you so much for coming into my life. I, I think I will never forget the first time I met you and when we're at work, when we're at the building, I know when you're there and you have added so much value into my life without even trying. You don't cry. (laughs) You don't force yourself on me in any way. Like I am a, I'm such a different person from our first conversation in, in the end of July to today. Mm. And even when you're not with me, you're one of those people that you are part of my being and my soul. And I just love you so much. And 
when I think about like, who do my, who do my people need to know? You are one, you, if not at the top, you are one of the people at the top because you are such a light to the world and you're such a light in the mud and the darkness that some of us get into. So thank you for all of the things that you've, you are, you just being and then also I am like on the verge of tears right now and if there's a video to this my face is probably the side the color of a tomato (laughs) your white room you look you look like you're glowing so (laughs) thank you thank you I it, it does mean a lot because it is hard to fit out it is hard to do the things that mainstream society says are not going that way. Um, and so I appreciate your very kind words and I appreciate you being there and I appreciate you um, carrying me with you because um, it is helpful to know that what you do makes a difference in life. So I, I appreciate that very much. Um, and I honor you as a friend as well. And I'm grateful that uh, our paths have crossed. If you guys are, I mean, I cannot tell you how much Janet has like how amazing of a person that she is now Janet I I apologize if you get an influx but um (laughs) without a doubt I mean it I know that we've talked about this but sometimes it can be lonely out there Mm. the work that we do in trying to change or not change we're not trying to change people's behaviors we're just laying Mm. it out on the table but it's not easy work at first Mm. yeah but the work or the value that you offer, that you provide, doesn't just impact one area of a person's life. It literally changes every aspect of a person's being. So I know sometimes it can get frustrating. I'm with you, (laughs) but what you do matters and you have to just keep moving forward. And same with you, my friend, same with you. So Janet, I will, we definitely will have to bring you back on to the show, but did we get real today? We got real. We got really real. Like I'm, I am also covered in goosebumps. We, yeah. What a, what an awesome opportunity and an amazing platform that you've built and created um, just to reach all of your audience. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, that is it for today's episode with Janet Havanga at Havanga. Is it just Havanga Health or? Havanga Health. At Havanga Health. Uh, thank you so much for listening today to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you are notified every time a new episode is launched. If you'd like to reach out to Janet, her info will be in the show notes and until next time on real talk with the pelvic docs.